0: Hi, I'm Yui Shu, And I'm Julie Krafcik. We're active daters turned dating sociologists. Here to dive into everything modern dating and relationships. Welcome to the Dateable Podcast.
1: Hello, friends. Welcome to, I guess, quote-unquote off-season of the Datable Podcast, which just means we still bring you content. We just don't have guests because we are your guests. (laughs) And today we are flipping the script like we've done in the past where Julie will be interviewing me. So I'm going to hand it over to Julie right now.
0: Yes, I love these ones. And our listeners do too. They are always our most popular episodes, hands down. So I'm not sure what that's saying. Are people just super curious? (laughs) Are we really interesting? I don't know. I like to
1: think (laughs) interesting. I'll leave it at that. I'll
0: leave it at that. It's kind of voyeuristic a bit, but you did share on our season finale that we did with May Lee. So if you haven't listened to that one yet, go back and listen to that right after this. So good. That topic was finding love at any age. And we talked mm-hmm. about how May was engaged for the first time in her 50s. Yeah, and it was such a great episode. And you did share on our intro how in the last month, I think it'll be about a month from the mm-hmm. time this airs that you and your partner did break up. Yeah. And I'm convinced more than ever that you and May are living parallel lives because (laughs) May did share that in her 40s, she got engaged or was about to get engaged. About to get engaged. About to get engaged to someone that she thought was it And then looking back, she could not be happier that this happened. Right. So I truly believe that you are following in her footsteps. It's always so (laughs) weird when this happens, when you live parallel lives, but we've said it before and it continues. So that being said, a month in, how are you feeling about things? I know I talked to you a lot, but I just want to do another gut check.
1: I think that when this happened, I had a moment to myself and thought, I'm looking forward to the day when I can tell this story. (laughs) Undateable.
0: Here we are. We
1: are now at that moment, and I feel like I am confident and ready to tell the story, and feel like I'm at a good place to do so.
0: So day one, maybe walk us back to that day compared to where you are today, almost a month later.
1: Well, background is, had been with my partner for almost five years. It would have been five years in August. And we had been going through all the things to move our relationship forward. And for anybody who's been listening You've followed kind of the progression of our relationship with everything from couples counseling to working through our shit, having this open communication type of relationship. And something I hadn't shared was as of January of this year, we were also trying to conceive. So there were a lot of factors that were going in our relationship, making it feel at least my truth was that it was moving forward. And ultimately what happened was he had made the commitment to move down to LA with me permanently. He had been in LA with me for the last three years, but he wanted to get rid of his apartment in San Francisco. He had renters coming in and moved down permanently with me. So I offered to help him move his shit out of his SF apartment, clean it out, had a wonderful week up there spending some time with Julie and our friends. Mm -hmm. And then in the middle of all of this, found out that he had been cheating on me. He had been unfaithful. And so going back to day one, it was shocking because I just had a feeling that day. And I remember you and I talked on the phone shortly after, and I was like, Julie, I just had a feeling.
0: Well, you texted me, and you were like, my worst nightmare happened. And I honestly had no yes. idea what you were talking about, because we were all out the night before.
1: Yes, yes. Like, I was
0: with you and your former partner. Yes. Everything seemed totally fine. I was just like, what are you talking about?
1: It's wild that your life can change in a millisecond. <sighs> yeah. Millisecond. I mean, one minute, you're like, Doo, do 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 and the next minute, you're like, shit, what's happening? So to set the scene is had a lovely week in San Francisco. I had cleaned out his apartment. I'm really good at getting rid of shit (laughs) on Facebook Marketplace. And that was my role. I was helping him with all of that. And the night before all this went down, he had taken me out to dinner because a honey appreciation dinner. I remember this explicitly to thank me for helping him move out of his apartment. So the very next day, I saw Julie had a lovely Friday. We hung out all day and had a (laughs) lovely happy hour. We talked about this on one of our intros, saw our friends and had such a wonderful dinner too in the evening with our friend Hai Ching and her husband. And there was just something that came over me at the end of that night. That's just like, something's not right. Well, he went out. He went out with his friends, did not extend the invitation to any of us, which was, I guess, kind of a red flag in my eyes. Usually there would be some kind of discussion, but he was just like, peace, I'm out. So I was like, something's weird. And I followed my gut feeling. And lo and behold, I discovered messages dating back to December of him texting this girl who he had met in Miami at Art Basel she lived in LA they had many flirty exchanges he says something along the lines of my love languages are physical touch and words of affirmation both of which you mastered in Miami this already made me nauseous just reading this i mean this is supposed to be my life partner right who i'm trying to have kids with telling this other woman that she had mastered his love languages and then subsequent messages were him scheduling a date with her in downtown LA i remember the exact week it was in first week of december also the same week, he had really pressured me to go to Taiwan with him to meet his parents because he felt like that was the way to move our relationship forward. He said, I would be very disappointed if you didn't come to Taiwan with me to meet my family. So they had a, looked like a lovely date, took her to an like an omakase so fun. lunch and, so fun to... and a museum tour. And I vividly remember this day because you and I were in the middle of recording exit interview. And he said i have a work event today you know i won't be home for lunch it's like cool i mean why would you no. question otherwise I'm like yeah cool we're busy all day recording exit interview episodes And so that's the first messages I saw. And that was enough for me to say, this relationship is over. I mean, there was no question about it, Julie. I wasn't even like, could we work through this? It just felt like such betrayal already at that point. Because just thinking back six months ago, of him saying, let's have kids. Let's get married. Let's be in couples counseling, which he called premarital counseling. We had just said our vows to each other a few months earlier. It just felt absolutely ridiculous. And my heart was broken to pieces.
0: I can't even imagine. I mean, also like in couples therapy, what was the point of couples therapy if this exactly. elephant in the room was there? You yes. Know?
1: And every week in couples therapy, our therapist would be like, how are you two feeling about marriage? That's our checkpoint. Like, how are you feeling? And he would often say, feeling fine, feeling good, working through it all. So anyway, I already wanted to text you at this point, Julie, yeah. but I was like, I'm delirious. It's almost AM. I just need to go to sleep and let this Just breathe a little bit. But I was like, he better get his fucking ass home right now. And of course, the universe delivered. He comes home and I confronted him in a way that was very much open-ended. I said, if you respect me as your partner, is there anything you need to tell me right now? I'm giving you the opportunity. Tell me anything right now. And he was like, what do you mean, babe? Why aren't you asleep? I have nothing to tell you. And I said, if you respect me as a person, do you have anything to tell me right now? And he was like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And my third question was, what the fuck happened in Miami? Oof. And his face just dropped. So the rest of the night is a blur because I was kind of back and forth between booking my ticket back to L.A. Because I'm like, fuck it. I'm not going to be an SF now. Right, you know, You're not going to help gonna... this
0: person move. <laughs> I'm in. not going to help are you. Are they moving it to my house? What is happening? Yeah, like,
1: yeah. no, you are dead in my eyes, right? You've betrayed me so badly badly like i don't even think any of my friends would be capable of doing some shit like this to me and i was in between booking that ticket and trying to fall asleep because i really wanted to get some rest before yeah. my flight the next morning and i couldn't sleep at 6 a.m i'm sleeping next to the enemy because there's nowhere else in the apartment where i can sleep all the other furnitures out he's sound asleep snoring and another voice inside my head's like look for more Look for more. There's more. And I don't know who's been protecting me in my year all along. I just felt like that whole day I was being set up to receive this message. So I found more messages. Dick pics being sent to this chick in Taiwan, a girl that we both know. We met her together in Taiwan in December. So fucked up. But these messages were stamped two hours ago. Oh, my God. This is not December. I know I've
0: heard this already, but I'm still like, oh, my God. It's just so messed up.
1: And Julie, even retelling you this, my blood
0: is boiling. You're like packing his shit and he's sending this message. Yes,
1: I'm packing his shit. I'm like looking back at all the listings I posted on Facebook Marketplace, just being angry about how much effort I put into this relationship and how much disrespect there was At the end of a relationship, it's just really disappointing. So the other messages are reminiscing about licking her nipples. There's sexy photos sent from her with her face in it, which come on, everybody, just (laughs) don't do that. Don't be a dumbass. Also talking about the two hour conversation they had, which was during the time I flew from L.A. to SF. I looked at the timestamps, reconciled that. That's why he kept texting me like, have you landed? Have you landed? Oh, my God. Because my flight was a little bit delayed. And now I know why, because he's in the middle of this sex talk, whatever. I don't even know what they call that these days. Virtual sex. I guess it's virtual sex. I don't know. They had a sex sesh over the phone. And I never thought that my partner would be sending dick pics to someone other than me, which even if he sent them to me, I think that's a little strange. But he's sending it to someone who's not me. Then there were like reminiscing about her panties and about the nights that they had to together. He says something along the lines of like, when you get home, take a nice picture for me when you're in your bed or on your bed, you know,
0: shit like that. So this happened multiple times, like in person. Oh, it was like,
1: I went back. I mean, the conversations stemmed a few weeks back. And so he had just been in Asia for a wedding and they had linked up then. And then he came back to LA, came back to me and was saying shit like, I feel so much more mature and evolved than my guy friends who still live in Asia. My parting days are over. I can't imagine partying this hard, drinking this much. All the girls in Asia seem like little sisters to me. They're all so young and they, just follow you around. I need a woman. I can't be around little girls. I mean, just on his fucking high horse of how he had just become such a better person than his friends in Asia, which I hope his friends in Asia are listening to this because he legit came home was like, those fuckers, they're so immature, to the extent of giving one of his friends advice on the phone the very next day about how to win his girlfriend back because he had fucked up.
0: Oh, my God.
1: So two days earlier, he had just <laughs> fucked someone, okay, and then comes back and gives advice to his friend about how to be a better man. Yeah, that was the conversation. How to be a better man. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So I yank him out of bed. I'm like, who else is there? I don't know what you're talking about. Nobody else. There's nobody else. That's the worst part. Just
0: not even admitting it. I mean, it's not the worst part, clearly, but just admit it at Uh, that point. Come
1: on. Yeah. At this point, at this point, if I'm asking you such specific questions. Do me the favor of just saying it, you know, do yourself the favor. Kept denying, kept denying. And finally, I don't know, seemed like hours had gone by. He finally confesses he has slept with this girl twice on his trip in Asia and they were supposed to end their conversation, but they just kept talking and he didn't know how to stop the conversation. So, both of those, he said that he couldn't resist their come ons, okay? That they came on so hard to him that he couldn't resist. And with the girl in Miami, he said he met up with her to tell her he couldn't see her anymore. And I was like, actually, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you should take someone to an omakase (laughs) lunch to tell them that you can't see Someone them Someone that anymore.
0: you met like one time on vacation. You don't need to do that. That
1: makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You could just
0: say you have a girlfriend and that's why you can't see her ever again.
1: You could actually just never text her. But yeah, hey, you know what? If you, you're such a better person oh my God. that you wanted to see her in person to tell her that you couldn't see her anymore, which I don't know. I don't know if they didn't see each other anymore. Between December and May, there could have been a million other women. I don't know. Or whatever. <sighs> so at this point, I can't trust anything he's telling me but I'm already like okay we were already done but now we're like done done I murdered you coming back twice (laughs) in my head now there's no coming back from this but my next thought is like you never know how you're going to react in these situations until you're in the situation right and I was like a little bit surprised because I had an outer body experience and I was like Yue what are you going to do now and I stared at him and I was like you don't get to tell this story I do. So I'm going to tell all your friends what the fuck happened. I was not going to let him trying to talk his way out of this to his friends. There's no way. There is only one truth here, which is he fucked up. So I left voice memos for all of his friends, letting them know exactly what happened. Meanwhile, comically, as I'm calling everybody and I called you, Julie, you were actually the first person I called in front of his face. Remember I told you, yeah. I was like, I'm actually, he's here right now. <laughs> I told Julie everything that happened in front of him as he sat on his bed with his head down. He didn't even try to stop me. He just sat there like completely silent. And... The poetic justice in all of this is this couple is now getting the last piece of furniture out of his apartment as all of this shit is going down. OK. Oh,
0: good.
1: And they must I, be like, what
0: the hell is happening in this apartment? That is not a Facebook marketplace you want to walk into.
1: No, no. This couple was struggling so hard with this big couch. And they were like, just get the fuck
0: out of <laughs> here. They're like, pivot, pivot. <laughs> get out. Like get It's not out. worth it. It's not worth the $30 price tag. <laughs> I know, just leave it. Just leave it.
1: And I got off the phone with you and I left voice messages for all his friends. I had texted his friends because one, I want to tell them he is not the good person that he had come off to be. I mean, I felt completely bamboozled for almost five years. And two is, I wanted them to know because I really love his friends. I wanted them to know that this is not about choosing sides. I will always embrace his friends yeah. whenever and wherever I see them. In fact, I will have relationships separately. It doesn't affect my friendships with them. That happened. He took his dog out. I packed up and our friend Louise came and got me from the apartment,
0: oh. gave
1: me the biggest hug. That was like the first time I actually cried was when Louise hugged me because I felt like, okay, I'm being protected here. She brought you boba, right? Well, we went to get boba. Yeah, okay.
0: yeah she's like, what is UA like as a treat?
1: She just <laughs> knows how to get to my heart. And also Louise is just the warmest person ever. she, she and really her is. Hugs, her hugs can heal the world. So having an embrace from Louise absolutely shown me that this is the way it was supposed to happen. Mm. It, like It needed to happen in this way. She took me to the airport and... As soon as I got off the plane, my friend Emily picked me up from the airport. It just felt like I was very much cushioned. My fall was cushioned. Yeah. And I couldn't be any more grateful of how it happened and when it happened. And to add to all of this, the timing of everything, the day this all went down, my period came four days early. And I remember just feeling like, oh, a little disappointed, like I guess I'm not pregnant, and I don't know why it came so early.
0: And Thank now I God. know why. It was protecting Thank you. God, I can't even imagine if you were pregnant and someone was sexting someone like as you're changing diapers. Can you
1: imagine? And he probably would have. He would have been cheating on me through pregnancy. He would have just kept cheating on me until he got caught. So I'm so thankful that I found out when I did. Yeah. But even if I found out later, Julie, like I thought about this anytime things do happen in your life, they're happening for you, not to you. And even if we had kids and got married and I found out he was cheating, I would have been yeah fine. Your life just goes on and you're going to be fine. You cannot control what shit's going to happen to you in life.
0: So your first stage of this is definitely anger, rightfully uh, so. Uh-huh. Yes. How have things in the last month progressed? Like, Have you hit times of deep Despair and sadness, or have you felt empowered to move forward? Like, what has that month been like for you?
1: I am so thankful for our podcast. And I can't say that enough because it feels like seven years of prepping me for this. Yeah. I feel completely empowered and I felt empowered from day one. When I stepped back into my apartment, I was so scared because here's an apartment we shared for three years, okay? And I'm gonna see his stuff and things are gonna remind me of him. The minute I opened my door, I looked around. And I was like, this shit is mine. Yeah. You know, I own this apartment. This is mine territory, okay? And I didn't feel any of that. Like, oh my gosh, I wish he was here or I wish that this didn't happen. Obviously, I don't wish that it happened the way it did, but if it had to happen, it did okay and i yeah. i have to accept that but i also have to be so grateful for what i do have so i've been very much in the perspective of abundance. Like, look at all the things I have going on in my life. Mm -hmm. And I also feel like LA is my territory. You know, this is where my family is, this is where all my friends are. I just felt like I am around my own support system. And what am I going to be sad about? I am sad, and I'll I'll tell you this right now, and I don't think I've told you this, Julie. It's like, honestly, the one thing I'm most hurt about is losing my best friend, losing the person who's been my emergency contact, losing the person that I would call first if something happened or if I had some news. That is the one thing that really fucking hurts is losing that person.
0: I mean, I think at the end of the day, like being successful in dating, quote unquote, or being dateable, it really is like, you can measure it by like moving past the dating stage and having a relationship. But I think the true test is how you bounce back from setbacks because- For sure. That's always gonna happen. And how do you build yourself back up? But I do have to ask, because you know I'm a firm believer, have you had a good cry since the time with Louise? Or is that still something you need to do?
1: So I've had- I had one good cry, and that was the day after. I woke up alone in my apartment, and I walked into my living room, and I just started crying, but like a happy cry. Hmm. I felt this sense of relief. Because, you know, like this relationship, I will say this, it's been a very successful relationship. Despite how it ended, I learned so much from it. And this is the first relationship where I truly showed my true self and the first relationship where I truly tried. Yeah. Okay. So for that, I feel like I tried my very best. And I cried because I was like, now I have the answer that this relationship had to end when it did, right? Like the relationship ran its course. and. Now it's going to make room for other love in my life. And that's okay. I had this really good cry of just relief that this had to go
0: down the way it did. Yeah, I think like, I mean, everyone's different the way they process. I would be crying every day because I just cry a lot. So I recognize that you're (laughs) not the same type of handling emotions that way. So there's that piece. But I think... Sometimes what I've observed is when relationships are longer, people sometimes bounce back faster because you feel like you have mm. given it your all. You feel like it either has run its course or there was a reason why it ended, where I think sometimes the most challenging relationships are ones that never really got off the ground, like the what could be. That's true. Yeah, the what ifs. Yeah, so I'm not saying that they're not hard when they, you know break up after years, clearly every situation is different. I think a big piece of this too is like, when do you keep trying to make something work versus recognize that it's not? And I'll let you kind of go into your thoughts there because I do know like you two had been kind of going through a lot of like the whole marriage thing and how do we progress and move forward?
1: Yes. And to that, I just want to say that I don't know if I've gone through all the emotions yeah. yet and I will probably tell mountain. you I I haven't.
0: Yet. <laughs> you haven't. You might hit so that. Point. I may yes. still
1: be in the adrenaline anger stage right now and maybe one day I'm gonna wake up and just can't stop crying. That's fair enough. I'm completely open to that. And there were times in the last week I tried to make myself cry and the tears weren't ready to come out yet. So, you know, that could be down the line. could be next week. It could be six months from now. I'm completely prepared to shed every emotion out of my yeah. body when it's time to do so. But when I look back at this relationship, what I can say now is this. I can say that when you feel like you've given it your all and you've tried your best There are no longer what-ifs, and it does make it easier to move on. I also feel like relationships are hard, but they shouldn't be difficult. And when I say difficult, is that there is resistance. And for quite a while now, he's been resistant to this idea of marriage. I thought it was just about marriage itself, mm. but it seems like now it's very apparent that it's about commitment. Mm. It's not just about marriage because we said our vows and he's like, when we say our vows, it means we're each other's life partners. But he still couldn't uphold those vows. So end of the day, it was never about marriage. It was about this long-term commitment. Mm. And when you're with someone, like at what point do you keep trying? and At what point do you say, I need to give up? Yeah. When it feels difficult. It got to the point where, remember on Friday, that Friday when this happened, you and I had this conversation. I was like, yeah. now I don't even want to get married because I feel like we've taken the magic completely out of marriage. It just feels like a transaction now. And I kind of want to marry someone when we're still a little ignorant, right? You yeah. like want to excited. be excited. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I didn't want to be married to someone because we had beaten the horse to death. Right. right. So. That's when it's like, maybe this is not the right relationship for me. And I didn't see that then because I just felt like we kept trying for him, too. He kept trying. It's not like he was like, I'm going to give up on us. He was in therapy himself every week. We had check-ins every Wednesday. And then we had couples counseling, which we called it premarital counseling. So it's not like we weren't trying. But I think we got to the point where we were trying to make it less difficult when it was already difficult.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think in retrospect, it's. Very easy to look in retrospect after something like of this happens. Of course. Much harder when you're in it. But I think a lot of it you choked up to he was married before, he had a bad divorce. Yes. And like, what is the difference of empathizing of someone's past? Yes. Versus being like, this feels like, you know, a little red flaggy. Like, what is that difference? Because we don't want to be throwing up the red flag card all the time but also like i guess looking back like did you see any other signs or anything that you know could have shown this knowing what you know now you know it's like
1: I wish I had taken my own advice, which is like, don't see people as projects and you can't fix them. Mm. But when you're in a relationship, when you see your partner hurting, you want to help them heal. And I took his past as my own trauma and I wanted to help him heal from it. And I felt like I had helped him heal from it. And what's really interesting is that his ex-wife had always been the villain in my story. His ex-wife had always been the one who fucked him up so that he didn't believe in marriage and all that. The minute this happened, in my mind, she became my best friend, because in my mind I was like, "What the <laughs> fuck happened in that relationship?" Right.
0: You only her hear her one side. Right. You only hear yeah. like, the
1: one side. So I think when I'm ready to get back out there, I will always honor someone's past and what they're going through. But I'm not going to take it on as my own project. Yeah. Because it's not. It has nothing to do with me. I'm not responsible for someone's past trauma. And so if someone says, "Oh, I was in a bad marriage and a bad divorce, and it kind of turned me off to marriage," that is my call to say bye. (laughs) Like, I'm sorry this happened to you, but that's not aligning with what I want. And now it's more clear than ever. I still believe in love and I still believe in marriage.
0: You know, and also I think for anyone new that might not know your whole story you knew him from a very long time ago you were friends of friends yes I feel like it's easier to let things slide a little in that way than if you met on a dating app right like if you met dating app you know nothing about them they're like I was divorced I don't want to get married again it's a little easier than when there's this like kind of history baked in yeah I think that's actually like a downfall maybe of IRL I know we like put IRL like meeting people that way on kind of like a pedestal a little bit but I think there is like the side of getting attached to like the story that sometimes makes us overlook some key things
1: I'll say this too because I think on paper if you looked at our relationship it all made sense. It just all made sense, right? He had gone through his shit after his divorce, went through therapy. His friends were vouching for him, which is why I was open to dating him in the first place. And then we were both trying through all sorts of different avenues, whether it be therapy or Mm -hmm. open communication. So on paper, everything made sense, whether we met IRL or dating app. It did like all of that is just background of why this relationship made sense on paper. Right. Yeah. But it just shows you you cannot prevent prevent anything. You could do everything right, quote unquote, and everything could seem suitable and compatible. And you could be doing all the work and it still could not work out in the end. And that is okay. I think that's just a reality we all have to face. You cannot prevent shit from happening.
0: Well, really, at the end of the day, the only person you have full control over is yourself. yourself. And as much as like, I don't want my relationship to end, I know I'll be okay. Yes. Because I've built a life for myself. And I think that's ultimately all you can do. Yes. Because yeah, like you are only one part of this equation of you're showing up in therapy every week trying to work on something. There's this elephant in the room that's not being disclosed. Like, how do you work with that? You can't. No, And I mean, as someone that has seen your growth, like I 100% agree that this relationship was successful for you because- I do believe you put yourself out there in a way you hadn't ever before, and really didn't run from conflict. Like you admitted on some past interviews, people can go back and listen to them. Of yep. the last time Avoidant. of just yeah breaking up with bad dating habits, and you talked about how you were a runner mm-hmm. for so long, and even in your last relationship that I knew you through, yeah, you didn't confront conflict at all. You basically just pretended like it didn't exist. And this one, no. you came at it and you work through it and did it in a way that was compassionate. And it's unfortunate it ended this way. Like, I wish like you got the closure of just like, you know, someone just being like, I'm not ready for this or whatever it is, opposed to some terrible way of handling it. But I really do admire how you're moving forward with it all.
1: In some ways, Julie, it feels like this was an easier way to move on from it. I agree. (laughs) Right? Because if he had come to me and said, well, despite all the work we've been doing, I just don't see a long term future. Future with you, that would have really stung and we would have broken up. But then I would have been like, what could I have done better? Yeah. Could we have gone to a different therapist? Should we have done Burning Man together? You know, a lot of what ifs. But because so it was definitely of Burning
0: shit, Man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Burning Man would have saved our relationship. But now because he is such a piece of shit and did this type of action that he chose to do, it was such a clean break. It just feels like, mm. oh, he's Definitely not the right person for me. Right. And I can definitely move on from this.
0: Yeah. I mean I I'm gonna bring it back to the earlier statement. I really do believe when you're, you know, a few years out or whatever time it takes you're going to look back and realize like this was meant to be the way it was.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, I already see that now. Oh, I feel like I dodged a bullet.
0: That's great. Right? Yeah. Because
1: I cannot have a cheating husband.
0: I mean, I think that's the thing is I'm not saying you won't find love again because I 100% believe you will. But even if you did it, I feel like being on your own and honoring yourself is better than yeah. being with someone that disrespects you, in my opinion. For sure.
1: You know, for anybody who have gone through this or maybe going through this, here's the thing, though, like, I know what you're questioning. You're like, oh, does it have to be cheating for this relationship to end? Like, does it have to be a terrible thing for a relationship to end for you to move on from it? No, I don't. I think if I were to create an ideal scenario of how this relationship ended is I I wish because I think he's very conflicted about the external persona and what he feels deep down inside. Externally, he wanted to come off like he's this family-oriented guy who was dedicated and loyal and committed. But deep down, he had these demons of trying to figure himself out and also figuring out his temptations and lust and all of that. Like all the things that make us human, right? That like he couldn't fully express. I think as a partner, and I think I'd be very understanding of this, is if he came to me and said, UA, I'm feeling uncomfortable or I'm feeling like I'm not ready to fully commit. Okay, admit that first. Mm -hmm. And two is I'm feeling temptation. I'm starting to, as the world opens, I'm starting to be attracted to other people. And it kind of makes me want to pursue that. If he came to me and said that, yeah, that'd be a little hurtful, but at least it'd be honest. Yeah. And then you can have a more honest discussion from that. Maybe it's like, okay, do you want to like. You wouldn't hate him. Like, you wouldn't end up... I would hate it. Exactly. I think I, you know, I don't know how I would react if he did come to me with that, but there would be a discussion of how do we want to move forward or end this relationship? Do we take a break and give each other a hall pass for a month? Do we want to break up and revisit in a year? Like, I don't you're not know. There's are monogamous. Just...
0: There's many ways you could have approached it.
1: Open up the relationship, huh. right? Establish some rules. I don't know. But if you don't give your partner the option of having that conversation, then you're already betraying them because you're making the choice for them.
0: I've never experienced this, so I don't want to speak for it 100%, but I do believe you could come back from cheating. Just from mm-hmm. Esther Perel, I know, speaks about about this a lot and just other experts out there. But I think some of it's like, how remorseful are they? Did they do it once and realize they are throwing away their whole life? You know, I think there's a lot of, maybe it could be the wake up call, but that's such a case by case situation. Yeah. So I don't want someone to walk away from this conversation either being like, oh, well, I was cheated on or I cheated and we did end up figuring it out. Like, I think that is great if you're able to do that. It just sounds like in this situation- that wasn't how it presented itself.
1: No, not at all. Let's be real here. We're human, okay? And like during COVID, and I think our relationship was very strong during COVID because the world didn't open up. There were no other temptations. Right. And as we get back into some form of normalcy, yeah, we're human. We're gonna find other people attractive. There's gonna be energy pulling us in different directions out there. And when you're in a committed relationship, it's not like you can't look at other people or feel the temptation, but the first thing to do is respect your partner, Mm -hmm. right, and honor your partner above anything else before you do anything else. Right. I don't think the guilt comes from, oh, my gosh, I find this person attractive or I'm curious what it's like to sleep with them. Right. Where it does get really hurtful is making the choice and acting on it without honoring your partner
0: first. Yeah. And the dishonesty and sneaking around. I think it's not even just the act of cheating. It's just everything that follows from it. Yes,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. And the lack of remorse. Yeah. The lack of remorse is very bad.
0: Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsor.
1: This episode is sponsored by Via. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes, Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow. It will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the high-
0: So we talked a little about silver linings. Is there anything (laughs) else, you know, of just waking up and being like, okay, I feel like, you know, something better is out there for me? Is there any other silver linings that you've experienced?
1: I have to say that it's been really nice to have my time back. And I feel more energized and motivated than before. Mm. I do feel like this in relationships. Sometimes you just need a little jolt. And not that I felt complacent in that relationship. It felt really comfortable. And so I didn't feel the need to go explore Mm. new things Mm. or take on new hobbies because I wanted to invest that time into my relationship. And I think rightfully so. But now it's like I'm checking things off my list. You know, I'm like taking a pickleball, something like I never thought I would have time to do. I'm spending more time like redecorating and renovating my apartment just things that like yeah. really bring joy to my life that's been really nice and what else has been really strange is like when you feel stuck in a relationship and I did feel stuck at some points where it's like the point of contention was just this marriage yeah. discussion the stuck energy manifests in different oh, ways totally. one is this is so trivial okay but here's the thing our ice machine on our refrigerator has been you told me not working so okay far. it's been months it's been months and I'm like oh I should get a tasker, come and fix it, I didn't even think about fixing it. Two days ago, it just magically started working. Oh, it damn. Just worked again. I've had this mole under my eye for the last almost five years. And I don't know like where it came from. My dermatologist was like, it's fine. It might like fall off on its own. It fell off the other day. It fucking <laughs> fell off the other day. It's like The stuck energy, when it's released, it can really change your world. And it could be as trivial as your ice machine, but it could be also like, (laughs) I just feel like things are being flushed out of my body right now. And so I think that's the silver lining. It's like, I feel like a new beginning, the shedding of this layer, learning from it, taking all I can from it, and then moving on with my life with a much fresher and better perspective
0: it's so funny because I remember you talking about the ice machine, just how much of a point of contention it was in your relationship. Yes. Yes. Coming full circle. I mean, I'm not going to ask you about dating right now. It's a month out. I think you need to do your healing and everything. But what do you see for the next chapter? Like whatever you can see current day, this might change in a month. It might change in four months.
1: (laughs) I think you and I have had this conversation before. It's like, because I have been in this relationship for so long, I hadn't really put all of our learnings into practice and i have not dated without playing games yet Mm. okay and i am ready i am ready to get back out there it's like no bs no games and a complete straightforward approach to dating and i want to see what that would feel like i really feel like i wouldn't even care about who's texting first and waiting for someone to call back or like approaching someone i don't give a fuck (laughs) because Like none of that matters. I've been through no. I've been through all this shit already. I don't need to waste my time trying to play games to trick someone to like me because If you trick someone to like you, that is never going to last. So, why waste your time on something like that?
0: I mean, as someone that did that the last time around, I could not commend it further. Like, it was honestly game changing of just how different it was. Yes. How do you think you play games in this relationship? Like, at the beginning, if looking back? Well,
1: in the beginning, I really wanted to play it cool, right? I really wanted to play it cool. It took us a while to DTR because he was like, well, I don't know. After that divorce, (laughs) you know, kept bringing up the divorce. I don't know if I'm ready for this commitment. And Julie, you even told me there were some red flags in the beginning that you saw because he just wasn't ready to commit in the beginning.
0: I think you saw them too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I saw them. Well, I saw them too, but I wasn't the UA now. Yeah. Yeah. Right Back then that was normal for me. Of course. Like, yeah, I'm going to date someone who's not ready to commit and I'll like play cool
0: until they're ready. It's hard when you're in it especially at the beginning stage because you haven't had the DTR yet there is a lot of gray area and I'm not saying that to like excuse it but I do see where it might not be as obvious then as it was now clearly for sure
1: yes and of course like the meat cute story really played into it it's like yeah you know two friends who rediscovered each other after 10 years of Peripherally knowing each other yeah. and like now being single at the same time together, of course, like it's a great meet cute story. And I wanted to work out. Listen again, it was a successful relationship. It had to play out the way it did, and I'm glad I learned what I did from it. But in my next endeavor, whether it's with a man or a woman,
0: oh, <laughs> um, I'll be open. Oh, I love it. You heard it here first. <laughs> I'm just gonna
1: stay completely open <sighs> to what the universe wants to deliver. Because whatever's out there, it's meant for me. And I will be very straightforward and no more game playing. In fact, I don't even think I have the energy to play games. You lose it. You lose
0: it at a certain point. I,
1: I really don't. I really don't have the energy. There are already some men popping back Mm. up in my sphere. (laughs) And I think the old UA would have been like, oh, let's like flirt with this one. And then maybe, you know, keep this one around. I've been just very clear. Like, I'm not ready. I'm not there. You
0: gotta take your time. Don't
1: even wait for me. Like, there's (laughs) nothing. We're not right for each other. This is not the right time or person.
0: So, I mean, first of all, I do want to like continue to say, like, I'm really proud of you for everything with the relationship. Thank but also you. how you're handling it. The one fear I have for you is that you won't trust again. <laughs> I'm not saying like you specifically, but I think cheating strips that of people. Yeah. And like, I think you deserve the world. I think you deserve an amazing relationship. I wouldn't want that trust to be stripped. Yeah. How do you plan on accounting for that and making sure that this stuff doesn't bleed into that? You
1: know, I th- had the same fear. It's like, how am I going to trust again? And do I think all men suck? You know, I was like those two of my biggest fears. I don't feel either one of those because now it's not a trust issue is that I know I can completely trust myself. And that's enough. When I trust myself, I can sniff out Lies, cheaters. I mean, I trusted my intuition so hard on this one. And that's what led me to the truth. I trust myself to do the same in subsequent relationships. And it's going to be okay. I can't control what other people do. I will fully trust until they you know abuse that trust and then I know my
0: answer well thank you for being so open and honest with everyone honestly I think like there's so much growth that you've experienced in the relationship but clearly now from the next stage the next chapter that's going to happen and I'm glad we're doing the podcast so I can see it all (laughs) firsthand
1: well I mean you all don't see this but this has been a month and Julie's been there for me every step of the way and I couldn't appreciate you more, Julie. I mean, like not just as a podcasting partner, but as a friend who (laughs) you've been there since day one and you're the reason why I called you first. So thank you for being there for me. And thank you to all of the friends who've just shown such generosity of time and energy. I can't thank you enough, like, Louise, my angel, <laughs> who took me to the airport. No, I'm so glad oh, she God. was there. I was,
0: like, in the middle. I was, like, had movers coming that day. But I'm so glad, like, she was able to just come. And also, I don't have a car. So she was the best bet <laughs> in so many ways. It was, ways. like, such
1: a – if you were to write a screenplay, this yeah. is, like, actually a really beautiful start to a movie because Julie and I had very similar plans for that day because Julie's partner was moving some of his stuff into her apartment. And I was moving – some of his stuff out of his apartment There was like a lot of moving going on that day I
0: mean, that's the thing And I think, you know, from doing this podcast For seven years There's been times that we've changed course A lot, right? There's been times we've been single mm-hmm. We've both been single One of us has been in a relationship The other person's been single We've both been in relationships It like gets really just ebbs and flows And I think that's a good reminder That what your status is today May very well not be what it is tomorrow For better or for worse and honestly what is the for better or for worse we say it's relationships but I do think there is a lot of magic in being single like you were pointing out and you know the love that you see from friendship all that is so discounted in the scheme of things but so wonderful and magnificent it's so important in life that it's just how do you take each stage as they come and appreciate what it is and grow from it that's all we can do in life
1: You know, it is important to say this too. I'm 42 years old. When you are on a path to getting married, having kids, et cetera, whatever that list is, and then in a millisecond, you see all that go away, it can be very scary. And I know that many of you have gone through this being scared, or many of you are maybe stuck in relationships because you're scared of starting over. I can tell you as someone who is one month out, it does not feel like you're starting
0: over. It
1: feels like it was meant to be. And now you're at a better place to be in a better relationship. Things are getting better with time, with experience, with age. So don't ever fear starting over. You're starting from experience and it's just going to get better better and better. If
0: we can learn from May Lee from last week who you were yeah. living the parallel life, she said the best thing that ever happened to her was that she did not end up marrying that person. Yes, That she felt yes. pressure because 40. And yes. you know, I know from experience too every relationship builds on one another. And the fact that you were able to see how different this one was from your past, that means only the next one is going to be that much better. For sure. Well, we unpacked a lot. Hopefully that was therapeutic. Very uh,
1: <laughs> How much do I owe you?
0: <laughs> I mean, I did nothing. I just <laughs> prompted a little. <laughs>
1: well, listen, I mean, this is a call out to all of our listeners. We've been wanting to do an episode on infidelity for a while. I just didn't think I'd be the subject of, <laughs> of it all. But we are wanting to find someone who has been the cheater. Yeah. And want to tell their side of the story and how you've come to rectify those feelings yep. of cheating. So if you have been the cheater, reach out to us. We would love to interview you on a future episode. Just reach out to us at hello at datablepodcast.com.
0: And it will be judgment-free. I've tried to analyze your partner's behavior yeah, and I just can't, I don't understand. (laughs) Like I've stopped because I just can't get it. So I would love to learn from someone. And I'm not saying all people that have cheated have the same mindset. Yes, I don't want to be misinterpreted that way, but just to better understand the thought process because that would be enlightening and we will do it in a way that's judgment-free. I also do want to get her name was dr tammy we had her on the ashley madison episode we did a while back about cheating so i'd love to get her back on the show as well that's another wish list that's a
1: good one yes judgment free we just want to understand we're trying to seek understanding that is it and no my ex will not be on a future episode of exit interview that's not gonna
0: happen No, he's not going to be. On. He's not undateable. He's dead in my eyes. <laughs> okay, well, if you want to send you some love, what better way than five oh, stars yes. in Apple Podcasts? Ugh. You can just like throw in a couple heart emojis. There you go. Oh my god, my love language yeah. is Apple Podcast <laughs> reviews. Believe it or not, just send some healing vibes. The best way to heal is to have support. So it really is. You know, there's one easy thing you can do. I appreciate appreciate you all we appreciate you and thank you again for getting raw real and vulnerable because that's (laughs) what this is all about well that being said Stay date-able.
1: The datable. The Dateable Podcast is part of the Frolic Media Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram at Dateable Podcast and visit datablepodcast.com for access to all the episodes and our premium programs. Also, make sure to subscribe today if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform so you are the first to get all the latest episodes. And most importantly, stay. Stay